The Comedy Zone Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. From the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Sammy Joe Francis. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast. Uh, I didn't do my welcome back singing because I only do that when all three of us are here and one of voltron's limbs again <laughs> is missing that's right there are three of us here there are three of us here uh right. sammy joe is not here i brought my son to as a replacement to sort of sit in for her the problem is you know depends on if he feels like talking i mean he's one so he's busy <laughs> he's got a lot he's doing so you know sometimes he's worn out he does a lot at night uh works late so sometimes he feels like talking sometimes he doesn't we'll see how it goes yeah, so far so good. He's 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 a he's a really. I mean, from what I've seen, again, I've been exposed to him less than one percent of what you've been. Mm-hmm. But he seems like a very quiet young man. I mean, he's he's not really loud. Well, yeah, we. I mean, we beat him a lot. We beat him a lot uh, to get him to that place because they aren't born like that. Right. You have to beat that into them. Right, right, right. I'm kidding. We don't for anybody <laughs> listening to don't be thinking I, I beat my son. I don't. No. <laughs> I fake beat him a lot. I pat his button. I go, What did I tell you? And it's a big thing and we laugh, but yeah. I ain't gonna be beating him. No, he had a birthday. He did. His his first birthday was last weekend. We did a big photo shoot. We had a photographer uh, come to the backyard and do a whole thing. Right, pictures are awesome. Picture, yeah, you yeah. saw the pictures, right? Yeah. Little, and I finally shared one to social media. I was going to ask you about that because you were very adamant for the first twelve months. Very adamant, and the data breach stuff didn't make me feel better about sharing <laughs> no, more. I imagine not. Yeah. Right, uh, but I said, you know what? It, it, it's a birthday shoot, maybe once a year or something. We might put something up, but we're still. We thought long and hard about that yeah, because yeah. we just didn't want him on social media until he wants to be on social media. Yeah. Uh, but we said that uh, it's his first birthday and they're they're great photos. And, and the number of times that we've sent his photo to somebody and they say, you know, that really brightened my day. Just yeah. looking at a smiling yeah. baby. And not that we're like Mother Teresa because we share our son's photo. <laughs> but I'm just saying that that is an added benefit is Absolutely. that people go, oh, wow. And, that, and a lot of people ask me about the baby and how come you don't share pictures? And then I got to go into a thing. So now we put a picture up. So you just got to go through my feed. Yeah, you everybody gotta, can just shut up. You you know? can, right. <laughs> so now y'all can stop harassing me about seeing, seeing my dang on baby. <laughs> no, no. But it was a great weekend. Uh, some family came over. Uh, we threw some fruit on the food on the grill for him, and so it was nice. So you did have a a, a gather, not like a big. Did you do like the first birthday? We had a we had a we had a small uh, setup there. We had a small setup, and we had I think my dad and a couple of my brothers came, and his um, uh, my wife's not his my wife's parents came, and then the godparents came. And then we just had a small like cookout 
with threw some food on the grill and you know kind of ate in the backyard because we want we thought about having a bigger thing but then it was like the way our house is you can't have too many people there. yeah yeah so we just decided to to just have a you know cake and food and leave it at that yeah now the first and again i am childless so i have no frame of reference mm-hmm but the first birthday thing always seems to me is is very much more for the parents and the family than it is for the young man. I feel like the first couple yeah. are, yeah. Uh, but especially that first one. Yeah, that's just for uh, the family and people to get together and have a good time and say hey to each other. Yeah, and that is kind of what it was more about. Like we in the back playing beer pong, and yeah. I mean this was <laughs> this was the, <laughs> this was not. Uh, you know, totally about him. Yeah. <laughs> but he had a good time. I, I was kind of worried that with all the people there, he'd have been a little kind of skittish about it yeah. and whatever. But nah, he was he was pretty cool. He was pretty cool. So it was a, it was a, and we got good weather. Yeah, which well, I was last weekend was really the first it, nice weekend we've had. It's been yeah. touch and go the last couple of weeks. So we got decent weather, and like I said, my family was there. So it was. Um, it was a good time, yeah. man. I it, but one thing I noticed, and I told my wife this: when you, for some reason, when your family's around, that's the closest you get. If you have family members that are like you, like siblings, that's the closest you get to watching you in action, uh-huh. yep. because they're so much like you. So I'm watching two of my brothers argue over beer pong, and this went on for two about two hours. <laughs> And I'm talking about they done left the beer pong table and they in the kitchen going back and forth. And all of a sudden you walk by here and like, look, man, you're my brother. OK, <laughs> let's not put beer pong above. <laughs> wow. That, so it escalated. The- right. And he said, listen, I don't care about beer pong. That's my one younger brother. I don't care about beer pong. I mean, you're my brother, man. <laughs> I was like, and I'm sitting there like, first of all, OK, <laughs> how can you say I don't care about beer pong and we're on hour two? <laughs> Of you arguing about the shit. So either you don't care about it or you don't argue for two hours, but you can't do both. Right. So I'm looking at him like, and they were like, come on, growing up, you argued over all sorts of things. I said, yeah, but I wasn't walking around saying I didn't care about it. Like That is pretty, pretty ridiculous to say that in the middle of a two hour argument. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've, I got back there and played myself some and I forgot how much fun beer pong was because uh, I hadn't played it in years. Yeah, this is, you're going to be surprised. I've never played beer pong. Uh, now, to be fair, it was not a thing when I was in college. Well, when you when you were in college, <laughs> it was just called pong. <laughs> that, was, that was the craze. <laughs> pong. <We are. laughs> the first video game ever. <laughs> that, that, that was that the craze fair. when you were in college. But that now they've evolved to beer pong. Beer pong. Yeah. Beer pong. And it used to be where you'd have to throw, I don't know if you know the premise of the game, but there's cups on either side and you got to throw a ping pong ball into the cups. And if it lands in the cup, you drink the beer from the cup that it landed in. Right. Now, when I used to play, you just drank out of that cup. And it was pretty nasty. Yeah, because God knows where the ball's been. God knows where. It's dropped on the <laughs> ground. But by the time you get two rounds in, everybody's drinking so much, they don't care. Doesn't right? Yeah. And But my brother showed me, this thing where you have a separate glass and you have your beer set up and then when you hit somebody's cup, you remove that cup, but then you pour it in your little glass that you use for all. So it's not the, the ping pong ball's never in the glass. It eliminates the risk. Eliminates, yeah, whatever's on that ball. 
Yeah, it kind of takes the edge off the game, though, a little bit. It, t- you know, a, a, a little bit, but you know, you still have to drink every time you get scored on. You, it's got all the same elements, except you don't pick that same cup up and drink out of it. You drink out of a different cup. Of right. Beer. I feel like the idea, though, it's like it's supposed to be kind of a punishment. Like I'm playing against you, so my, you know, I'm scoring to cause you discomfort. Yeah. So having to drink. Isn't that big a deal? Because you're at a party, you're probably drinking anyway. Right. Right. So, you know. So to me, the edge of the game is, is the nastiness. Is the, yeah, the filthy, dirty ping pong ball in your beer. <laughs> See, I, and I don't think that's what they intended. <laughs> okay. I think that the the edge is supposed to be the more you drink, the harder it is to throw that ball in that cup. Yeah. So it becomes increasingly difficult for you to score while you're getting scored on, which would be like the NBA <laughs> if they said. <laughs> If if the team that's losing every time they got scored on, they had to like put a blindfold on one of the players yeah. or something. Like I don't know why you make it increasingly more difficult for the team losing, but yeah. you know I guess it's set up the way this country is. But <laughs> but, but I mean that may be the most American game yeah. is yeah, beer pong because you you, might, you, you, you get that. punished for not starting out ahead. But uh, it like I said, man, we had a lot of fun. My wife played. Uh, she didn't do the the drinking part really, but we had a lot of fun playing beer pong. It brought brought back some memories. And again, if it wasn't for my son's first birthday, I would have never found out how much I like beer pong. That's, I would have never remembered that. There you go. See, so you had a son, and now you're still learning things about yourself. I absolutely, <laughs> which is what fatherhood is. Which is what it's de- discovery, self discovery, is what I always say about fatherhood. Exactly right. That's right. So that noise that you were hearing. Is that uh, little man has discovered the windsock, the the pop filter on the microphone, which is soft and squishy. Yes, and kids kids do love the windsocks, the the pop filters. To be they careful. do they, they yeah. do love the they do love the windsocks. Now my wife has called me two times in a row. So so do we need to take a break? No, okay. I can see what she wants on the air. All right, or we can take a break. Your call. It is up to you. If you think it might be an emergency, then maybe we'll take a break. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, have something, have something I almost feel like it's, and... it's better podcast if it is an emergency. Uh, okay. But uh, let's see. Let's, let's see what then. we get here. This boy really loves this windsock, too. You want to say something to the people? No? Okay. Hey, guess what? What? You're on the podcast. <laughs> really? Yes. Hi, Sandra. No, Sammy's not here today. Uh, our son is her replacement. <laughs> How's he doing? Uh, he's pretty good. He hasn't said a lot yet. He said he's going to wait for the second segment to really get in there. Got it. Got it. Yes. All right. Well, you enjoy. I'm sorry. I forgot. No, I saw two missed calls, and I said, this might be an emergency. And Brian said, should we take a break? And I said, well, an emergency makes for better radio. So... <laughs> If there's really something going on, uh, this may be our best episode. <laughs> well, I didn't realize I called you twice. Yeah, yeah, boo. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's definitely not an emergency, so I'm sorry to disappoint. Well, what is it? So, oh, it was about uh, about the car. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll. Uh, I guess we can figure that out. I'll call you back on that. Of course. Will you enjoy? Brian, I'll talk to you later. Absolutely. We'll see you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's about the car. We Oh, because hey, I'm next week. I'm in Harrisburg. Oh, 
Uh-huh. I'm performing right, week, in okay. Harrisburg, uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania next week. So if you're in the Harrisburg area, come out to the show. But I'm there next week, so we're trying to figure out which car we're going to use and gotcha. all this okay. stuff. Because I've been having this problem. Uh-huh. So I've been driving my wife's car usually to a lot of these gigs, like Harrisburg or wherever. Well, for some reason, I've been getting these tickets, okay? And I blame GPS, because the GPS, the Waze system on my phone right. is putting me on easy pass routes. So then I'm driving on an easy pass route, and by the time I'm on it, I'm like, oh, crap, this is an easy pass route. And then I'm looking for a way to get off, but by the time I get off, I guess they've already snapped my car or whatever, and they get me for being in the easy pass lane. Apparently, I guess they ticket you outside of just the tolls. Oh. So you don't have an easy pass. No. But you're driving in the easy pass lane. Right. My Waze system seems to think I do. And I don't know how to tell Waze I don't. So it seems to me that Waze should ought to pay for your ticket. Really, this boils down to me. I'm going to have to sue Waze. Yeah. I think they're in like Japan or something. They're like a Japanese. Are they really? Yeah. Jeez. Well, however many yen $200 is because that's. <laughs> Holy cause, crap. Th- yeah. This thing's gotten up to $200 and it's my wife's car. So it goes under her name. So now she's like, I want you to rent a car if you're driving up north. And I'm like, well, it's pretty tough to be a traveling comedian yeah. uh, if you got to rent a car every time. Yeah. Hell, by the time you finish renting a car, that's most of the money you got paid. How much is an easy pass? I don't know. I probably should figure it out, though. You might want to weigh the, <laughs> the cost. <laughs> the cost of easy It's like five bucks. You know, honestly, <laughs> honestly, all this time, I never thought maybe I should just get an easy pass. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. That's the first time that that that, that that that's even entered the discussion. It's about hey, maybe you should get an Easy Pass because you keep getting all these Easy Pass let's, tickets. Let's see what I can find out about Easy Pass. So Easy Pass, if you're listening to us outside of the East Coast, Easy Pass is basically it's a it's an interstate, multi-state toll system, basically. Right. And so as you drive up the East Coast, you pass through Virginia, West Virginia. A bunch of different states that have these have this easy pass system. And so you can either stop at every toll lane and pay the two bucks to get through, or you can get this easy pass, which I believe electronically just says, you know, okay, you just went through the easy pass lane. So you're driving through the easy pass lane, you go through the toll center, but you don't stop. And then they electronically, I believe they bill your account. Yeah, that is that is how it works. But also, Easy Pass gives you access to certain lanes, I guess, that right. you wouldn't have access to. So not just the tolls, but there's certain lanes that move quicker than regular traffic that are exclusively for Easy Pass users. And that's what I think I keep getting jammed up on. Um, you're not gonna want to hear this. Why? <laughs> okay, there's three easy steps to order an Easy Pass. I'm at I'm at EasyPassVirginia.com. Okay. EasyPassVA.com. So you need your contact information, your driver's license information, your vehicle information and license plate, and then your credit card information. You fill out the application. They mail you a kit. It gives you the transponder, mounting strips, installation structures, explanation of the billing arrangement. There's no fee for an easy pass. You just you drive through the toll lane and they and they credit they just take it out of your account. The two or- bucks or whatever it is to pass through. <laughs> So, uh, 
uh, mm. normally I'd go to a break, <laughs> but we, how long are we? We're at, um, we're at 16 minutes. Let's yeah. go ahead and take a break. <laughs> um, we, we have, uh, man, we have a great interview uh coming up now this is one we previously did yes this is this is this is an older interview you may have heard before yes you may not have. uh fortune femster she was is it femster or femster 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 that's femster. right femster and uh she's been on the podcast before and she was going to come on today but her travel got rearranged and she uh wasn't able to make it in time for the taping so we said well why don't we run it back cuz that was a good one that was a fun one and she's back in town this weekend correct so we are going to uh we're going to do that and then will is going to come to grips with the fact that uh he could have <laughs> saved a $200 ticket for $2 we'll be back with fortune Feaster. you about the queen city podcast network queen city podcast network.com we brought five of charlotte's best podcasts about a variety of topics together at queen city podcast network.com they were all separate before they're all together now the charlotte podcast talking about all things newsworthy and notable in charlotte some great shows at the charlotte podcast cheer charlotte radio everything about beer and the charlotte beer scene that's exploded over the last couple years Learn all about it with Cheers Charlotte Radio. Uh, Creative Loafing's Local Vibes podcast, local music, the local music scene exploding as well. All kinds of artists from hip-hop to experimental to good old-fashioned rock and roll. Creative Loafing's Local Vibes podcast. Also the Comedy Zone podcast, the one you're familiar with. You're listening to it right now. But i got to let you know about the Yelp Charlotte podcast, hosted by my good friend Nikki Wolf and some other guy. And uh, the Yelp Charlotte podcast basically helps just about bringing people in the local community and businesses together. And that's what the Yelp Charlotte podcast do. Past guests have included, for uh, example, Steve Smith from the Carolina Panthers. That show just a couple weeks ago. You can still hear it if you're inclined at uh, Apple Podcasts and at SoundCloud and at Stitcher. Uh, Steve Smith for the Panthers uh, just on uh, this coming week, May 9th will be uh, the woman who created a cupcake empire in the Charlotte area from Cup Crazed. She'll be here next Wednesday. Also, Wilson from WCCB, he's been on the show. So if there's somebody moving and shaking in Charlotte, Nikki Wolf is going to find them and put them on the Yelp Charlotte podcast. So you can hear the Yelp Charlotte podcast at uh, queencitypodcastnetwork.com, of course. And uh, support the network podcast. It's all about local stuff. You want to know about local stuff? The Queen City Podcast Network is the place to be. Welcome back. Comedy Zone Podcast. Got a very special guest here. The talented... 
amazing uh, Miss Fortune Feemster. How are you? I'm good now that you get, gave me all those credentials. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, wonderful. I yeah, like it. Well, I feel like it, you know, I, I, it, that that sometimes I say it and I don't and mean it. And you don't it. mean it? Yeah, but this time. This time. Yeah, wait a second. Uh, yeah. It feels like something you tell all the ladies. This time. <laughs> only I ladies mean named it. Fortune. That's only. <laughs> you probably don't meet a lot of the ladies named Fortune. That's true. That is a unique name. Yeah. What's the. Did your parents have some special meaning with that or they just like the name you know southern people like family names and it was my grandmother's maiden name so there's a bunch of people in my family with the last name fortune oh so that's how that goes Mm -hmm. i got a younger brother his middle name is delaware (laughs) really (laughs) literally that man's middle name is delaware do they have a affinity for the state of delaware well apparently uh his grandmother their family is from the delaware indians along the river so that became a family name yeah. and then it transferred it but he can't he couldn't stand it growing up well i know it's, it's different when you're growing up to have a name it's my middle name so right that's it yeah right so i got lucky i went by emily growing emily up. yeah okay so it wasn't no so i didn't get teased or anything i started going by fortune at the age where i was confident enough to be like all right i'm gonna <laughs> rock this name now see that's what that's what when i watch your comedy sometimes I think like this sounds like a person that like went back and forth with getting made fun of and turned the tables. Right. Is that, am I right in yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, I, I was never like bullied or picked on mm-hmm. per se, you know, like you hear some people have horror stories about growing up and I, I was pretty lucky. I think I, uh, because of my sense of humor was able to make friends with a lot of people, Yeah. but you know, I was always chubby and awkward so mm-hmm. there would be certain boys who would call me fat and i'd be like whatever <laughs> and now i'll call myself fat so you can't ha 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 but it 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 helps develop a sense of humor right yeah, because you, you gotta like when i was young i got i got made fun of my really my middle name is albert uh-huh. and this was during the height the of fat hour <laughs> I mean, I walk into class hey, for hey, hey. I couldn't walk into class without people saying it. Uh, so, you know, I had to develop a sharp yeah, kind of thing that eventually became sure. a part of my comedy. Well, I was, I had two things going. I've always been a bigger girl. It's just, mm-hmm. I love, I'm sitting here holding a Bojangles <laughs> cup. So that's my fault. Uh, so, I, you know, I wasn't getting attention in that as far as like people admiring me for my looks. Mm-hmm. And then I was in, gay i just didn't know it so i think but i think when you're in the closet you put off something where guys aren't really paying you attention either there's just Mm. something there's a disconnect somewhere that they you both sort of know there's an energy that doesn't link up yeah it doesn't link up and so i wasn't the object of affection from guys either so you just kind of have to De, you know the cliche is work on your personality and that's what i did right now how, now how did comedy become the platform did you always want to know you wanted to perform or no i didn't i i would say in life i'm a little on the shyer side than people would expect i think they think i'm just like life of the party which i can be mm-hmm. um but i'm a little more reserved i grew up watching saturday night live and stuff like that and i always would try to do the sketches for my friends, like reenact like (laughs) Molly Shannon's characters and Mary Catherine Gallagher. So I had some like for comedy, but I don't think you could do it for a living. Um, I just moved out to LA kind of on a whim and yeah, to work for an actress. Oh, so you didn't move to LA to do Uh -uh. comedy. I never did comedy before I went there. 
How long ago was this? That was 13 years ago. Oh, wow. And so I moved out there because I got offered this job as an assistant. I was like, you know what? That just seems like a cool life experience. And mm-hmm. I never had any desire to move to L.A. And never, it was never in my plan. I didn't really have a plan, I guess. <laughs> so that's why I ended up there. I was like, sure. I just went with the, like, cool, that's a experience. And I'll do that. Yeah. So it wasn't until two years into living there that I heard about the Groundlings where a lot of SNL people studied and having grown up on it, I was like, well, that if they did that, I'll do that. That seems fun. Improv yeah. is silly and mm-hmm. just it just grew from there. Wow. And so you so you started with improv, improv yeah. and then that dovetailed into stand-up? It went to from improv to sketch okay. and I thought that would be my path was sketch. I auditioned I tested twice for SNL and thought, yeah. you know, this is this is it. I've been watching it my whole life. <laughs> now it's my turn. And it didn't work out. But uh, it was cool. I got to go on the stage and perform for Lauren Michaels and Seth Meyers and all those people. Because this was back in like 2009, 2010. Now, now what what is that process like? I, I, I mean, because... Totally nerve-wracking. Because it, you don't kill, right? I mean, it's... No, it's not like... Well, my first audition... They had always told me you don't kill. They're like, just know it's any silence. And the guy before me killed. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he, it was Paul Britton. He got hired that year. And I, he had some character he did in like a one-man show. So it was a very seasoned thing yeah. and just destroyed. He got hired but then got fired after the first year or something like that. Mm. Um, I went – I only got uh, – I got a call at like 3 p.m., on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I they told me I had to be on a plane that night to audition the next morning. Wow. So talk about being unprepared. <laughs> I I just was shot out of a cannon, just pure adrenaline. So I don't even know what happened. Right. But you know, it was a cool experience in that you're on this legendary stage, and you know, even if you don't get it, there are very few people that can say they got to, to at least try. Right. And well, just getting the audition itself is a big testament to being on their radar and being you know having some enough talent to for them to want to bring you in right that means something yeah because he won't because a lot of people will showcase for like their casting people Mm -hmm. and never make it to him you know i got to go straight to him twice right and he saw me perform in la they came to a show of mine uh with some other groundlings people and yeah and i got to perform in front of him and Kristen wig and all oh, their wow. producers and she, she came up after the show was so nice and i actually was doing a character where i was playing a uh, girl scout that was 10 years old who ate all the cookies <laughs> <laughs> and i had chocolate all over my face and i had a book bag in the sketch she came up to me she goes that's my childhood book bag because she came up at the groundlings she goes i carried it with me from the age of five until I graduated high school, and my friends made fun of me and told me it was so old, I needed to get rid of it. <laughs> so I threw it in the uh, the closet, the costume closet, the groundlings. And there I was using her using childhood her book, book bag. bag. How about this small world? For I know, real. right? <laughs> so then, so then the, I said, I found your drugs in there, woman. <laughs> <laughs> so then the the, uh, the improv, a lot of long form. I, I have an improv background myself. Oh, yeah. I, I perform with the uh, Charlotte Comedy Theater. Nice. They have a, yeah, they have a um, a theater here, and we yeah. do improv shows. I probably about three years yeah. maybe in now. 
so yours was long form or what, mine what wasn't of? i it the growlings does a short form like a lot of oh, care it's games. a lot of characters and a lot of you know long form is a lot of cere it's more cerebral it's yeah. finding the where where the hook is and like intertwining that into a lot of different scenes mm-hmm. growlings is more like what character can you bring to the table that's fun and silly and Mm-hmm. But they, but then you, they would branch out into. You could learn long form. It just wasn't the same as probably the Herald type thing that right. people do. See, that's the short form is more fun. It is. To me. It's I, more, I, I, I like that. It's more. more fun for an audience. Like it's the it's, but long form is smarter per yeah. se. Yeah. 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 Now how now how would you say then that the improv background helped your stand up or or. Is there any, are there any parts of it that you say, that's a skill that helps me now? Yeah, well, I went through the ranks of stand-up pretty quickly, I think, because I've started an improv. Because mm-hmm. your first few years of stand-up is just getting comfortable on stage. Mm-hmm. And it's not as much about your material. It's about forming an act and finding your voice. Right. And because I had gotten really, really comfortable with improv, once I got a stand-up, I was like, oh, I'm good. Like, <laughs> I went right into the material because the stage presence, mm-hmm. I felt like, had been developed for the, for the couple of years prior. Mm-hmm. So I got pretty lucky. I started at the Comedy Store out in L.A., which is a tough place to perform and start. The audiences are... Back, at least back then, were pretty gritty and mm-hmm. didn't give you a lot. You had to work for everything, mm-hmm. every laugh. And within a year, I was made a regular there. Of, wow. uh And I'd never done stand-up. So I went from being in their upstairs belly room of, you know, 10 minutes to, like, downstairs. And then they made me a paid regular after two years, which is pretty unheard of. I mean, there are guys now that don't have it and been there 20 years and Mm -hmm. so i got really really lucky and i think improv helped me sort of go through that rank very quickly and then i got two and a half years into doing stand-up i got last comic standing so they're like how long have you been doing this i'm like you know uh you don't want to tell them like you know a couple gosh how many years a while it's been a while yeah and uh (laughs) Then six months after that, so three years in the stand-up, I got Chelsea Lately, so I went from starting stand-up, never opened and never featured, I went straight to headlining, so I had to figure it out. I was all of a sudden on the road having people look at me to do an hour, going from 15 minutes at the comedy store to an hour on the road was like, whoo, that first like two years was a little rocky. (laughs) Finally, I figured it out, but normally you start as an opener or a feature to work your way up. You learn on the road and yeah. build stuff on the road and that did not happen. <laughs> it was just like, you're up, you're up. Let's do this. Now, whatever times were, because I know how comedians, bookers, club owners can be. Mm-hmm. Whatever times where you had to tell yourself, you know what, I belong here. I belong headline. I I, I have earned the things um, I think that are I'm happening. finally getting to that point. I, I've, <clears throat> I do feel, I mean, I work very hard. Like, during that time I was coming up through the ranks, I was doing like six shows a week and I had three sketch groups, two improv groups. I mean, I was working it. Mm-hmm. But I know that stand up is a long game. And so I don't know that I'm still quite earned my stripes. I'm still earning them. But I, I, I'm, I just look at it right now as a building, like yeah. I'm building. And I'd say I've earned the cool things I've gotten, but 
I've got a long way to go to be like a classic stand up, you know, right. to be that like I don't know, veteran. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Now now you um you you have such a unique perspective. Number one, you're from North Carolina, mm-hmm. right? You already mentioned lesbian. Yep. You already mentioned uh you Food. said chubby. I don't know what you said. You're like, I don't know what to call you right now. Right, you can you, say it. But you but you I'm just I'm trying to remember your words mm-hmm. so I can use those. But I'm um like, how dare you all of a sudden I'm so mad at you. But it's like you you're just such a different kind of energy and then you live in LA which is yeah it's not what you would think well I had a hard time getting on Chelsea lately before I got hired as a writer we submitted me to do the round table they told me no really they're like she's too laid back she's too demure you know like I have this just kind of like easy going thing and they didn't think it'd work for the round table Chelsea hadn't seen me it was just the people under her Mm -hmm. and then I got hired as a writer and then two months into being a writer I was a regular on the panel Wow. So you just never know what people are going to respond to. Right. And I think people like that I'm, I look more like, I mean, I'm weird looking. I have this big fro <laughs> and big belly, but I'm a, more of an everyday person. I'm yeah. wearing jeans and t-shirts and, mm-hmm. you know, I think LA is slowly, Hollywood's slowly starting to see that people want that. They want mm-hmm. that relatability. Yeah. And that's what I think has helped me in my career is that people feel like they can latch on to what i'm talking about right now now do you feel a? is there any social component in 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 your approach and when i say that i mean for any kids out there mm-hmm. that are that are being talked about or any kids out there that you know are are lesbian or gay or uh-huh. any kids out there with weight issues mm-hmm. do you feel like you know i can be a role model or is that something you don't even deal oh, with? oh yeah i mean i want to be a positive influence for sure i mean I naturally uh, am a pretty responsible person, uh, which is weird that I'm a comedian. I'm like uber nerd. Like I'm an uber nerd. Very, I get to the airport way too early. You know, like I pay my bills on time. I don't party a lot. Like I'm definitely like just, yeah, I'm not, cra- you know, out there doing drugs. So I take that role, but I'm not doing that because I'm trying to be a role model. That's just who I am. But with that, I take the being a positive role model seriously. Like, I definitely have no problem having somebody look up to me, and I hope they would because I feel like I'd make an effort to be a good person, and I want that to – I just try to pe- treat people kindly, and I hope that they see that, and then that makes them want to be kind to someone else. Right. And also, you know, being gay is – I take that – Roll, roll seriously because I've had a lot of people come up to me at shows that said that they've never told anybody before but they're gay and they felt like they wanted to tell me for some reason and just getting that off your chest is a huge step and that's an amazing thing to get to be able to have you know show people through my life that I'm normal I have fam- I got a family I have friends and right. I'm gay I didn't nothing bad happened my right. life is actually pretty full Right. Because I'm being who I am. Right. And it's amazing to hear that because in my mind, I'm like, there's still people out there that need to see that gay yeah, people there are is, normal. there is. There is, yeah. yeah. You would think, you know, you we have come a long way, but you'd be amazed at how many people still are not accepted by their family or, oh, yeah. you know, kicked out of their house or... It's a terrifying thing to tell. Even I, I come from a good family and I was scared to tell my family because you just 
In you your head, know. you go to the worst place. You're right. like, they're not going to love me anymore. And then if you've ever heard them tell gay jokes or stuff at cookouts, yeah. you're like, how are they going to react? Yeah. You, you know, and so, but I try to make being gay normal. It's because it's like. Because it is. It is normal. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm not, you know, different or special because I'm gay. I'm up there telling jokes about my family like anybody would, you know. Right. Being gay is a part of my act, but it's not the whole thing and it's a part of who I am, but it's not the whole thing. Right. And so that's kind of I just any influence that I can have is just on me living my life in a positive way. Well, that's cool that your material reflects it in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a part of what you talk about, but it's not all like that's not all I am. Yeah. You know, in the same way when I perform, I don't just stand up there and talk about being black for thirty minutes. You should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Ha. <laughs> Maybe I should. <laughs> I was black. That's all I talk about. I love being black. <laughs> but now it's like you know, it's the, there's so much more yeah. to a person, and I think we shortchange ourselves. But. Put, yeah, yeah by boxing in people in box, like that, yeah. like and some of the stuff you do, like I, I love the the Hooters. Oh, thanks. <laughs> like, where you, you talk about guys sitting there, you walking up in yeah. the small Hooters outfit? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> it's all about finding, putting myself in situations that you wouldn't normally think I would be in, and right. seeing what those reactions would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now with what, now with what you've, with everything you've done. How big has family support been? Was that there? Yeah. Or? Yeah, for sure. Um, they, you know, they're, I'm far away from my family. I'm 3,000 miles away, so that's tough sometimes. Uh, but I have to live in L.A. to, you know, do what I'm doing right now because I've started acting a lot, too. And mm-hmm. um, But they're always super supportive. Every time I have shows on the East Coast, especially here, they're mm-hmm. always here. My mom is front and center, and I had her selling merch last night. And people, I wish I could take her on the road with me everywhere. People just throw money at her. They're oh, just yeah. like, whatever you're selling, I want it. You're awesome. Like <laughs> Your impersonation of her is so good. Yeah. Like, she, that's hilarious oh, when you do your mom. Well, she's just such an, anyone who meets her sees she's her own character. Yeah. And then I tell stories. They're like, that can't be true. I'm like, oh, just go meet her after the show, and you'll see. <laughs> you'll see. That that's, she's half my comedy. Oh, that's good. That's all. I mean, that's. I think that just is such an advantage yeah. when your family's behind you like that. Yeah, for sure. I have a great. So I've been lucky. I have really good friends, good family, like a lot of people. And I'm from Belmont near here. Yeah. And my whole hometown. Like even before I got to the place where comedy clubs were hiring me, Belmont mm-hmm. would throw like private like events where I would go perform in the bar, and like 200 people would show up. Wow. In my hometown. Well, I know we got to get out of here uh, in a second, but I have one more one more quick yeah. question for you because you know we're in North Carolina, of course, Charlotte, uh-huh. North Carolina, and there's a lot of comedians that perform here. Yeah. That you know talk a lot about, and, and in other towns that are not L.A. and New York mm-hmm. and Chicago, is there any advice you would give to people kind of starting out here in a smaller place? Yeah. Is there a time when to go? Do you need to go if there's certain things you want to achieve, or what's your perspective on that? It depends on what you want to do. I would say if you're gonna be somewhere else outside of New York and LA, the best thing you do is just write, write, write tons mm. of material so that if you do move to one of those cities, you're already like have this huge arsenal. Cause I don't know, unless you start on the road, you can start here, but unless you go on the road, you're not going to get a huge following outside of Charlotte. You got to mm. go on the road or to LA and New York to get that. Mm. So when you're here, you might as well, 
build your material, build all of your 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 whatever your voice is, mm-hmm. find it and hone that so that when you start touring, when you start in those big cities, you already come in like they recognize you so much faster. The people like started in San Francisco to come down to LA, we'd be like, whoa, right. like look at how good they are. Yeah. And that's because in San Francisco, they were just killing like shows, tons of shows. It's all about getting on stage, it's all about practicing, developing. And I would say, if you really want, if you want to be a road comic, totally be in Charlotte and just start doing the road. Mm-hmm. If you want to be an actor or do like on air stuff, you got to go to Eventually LA or to. New York. Okay. But so it's just all about what you want to do. If people want to just be a headliner, you can live anywhere. Right. And just start building that cuz it's all about you got to travel anyway. Right. But your base can be anywhere. So the first thing you need to do is clearly identify your goal. Yeah. And then you can move Figure out who you, what kind of comic you are here. Mm-hmm. Build yourself build your voice, build your material, then go forth and prosper. <laughs> well, that's a great note to end on. I wish we had more time with I you, will, Fortune. But thanks for having thanks me. Thanks for dropping by. We appreciate it. Enjoy Charlotte, your show. And much continued success. Thank you. All Good right. luck to you. Thank you. Some great shows coming up at the Comic Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina over the next few weeks. Fortune, Fortune Feimster, as uh, you may have heard, May 4th and 5th. Two shows Friday night, two shows Saturday night. Belmont Zone, Fortune Feimster at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte. Kevin Farley, one night, one night only. Sunday, May 6th. Open mic, May 8th. The Comedy Smackdown Roast Battle on the 9th. Huggy Lowdown and Chris Paul here the 10th, 11th, and 12th. Comedy Zone's dark on Mother's Day. More open mic goodness. Plus Steve Ranazisi and the Thomas Davis Defending Dreams Foundation Benefit. That's on the 16th of May. Then Steve Ranazisi, 17th, 18th, and 19th. Plus the Comedy Brunch on the afternoon of the 19th. Adele Givens on the 24th, 25th, and 26th. Funny on the Fly, May 20th. Finesse Mitchell is in town one night, one night only. Tom Segura, Carlos Valencia, just some great shows at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte. Here's what you need to know for tickets, dates, and details. 980-321-4702. That's the box office number, 980-321-4702. CLTComedyZone.com, the website, all the dates and dates there. You can buy tickets to the website as well. At Comedy Zone CLT on Twitter, Instagram, and I believe Snapchat. Comedy Zone CLT on Facebook as well. As for the podcast, Will Jacobs is at I am Will Jacobs on social media. Comedian Will Jacobs on Facebook. Sammy Joe Francis is at Sammy on air. I'm at NC Bothell 72, whatever. Uh, for the show, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Laughable. All of those places are places where you can find the Comedy Zone podcast. And uh, leave us a review. Rate us. Subscribe. Tell two friends about us. It's the best way to help this show continue to grow. Welcome back to the Comedy Zone podcast. Uh, Well, I, I know what everyone's thinking. And I know, you know, everyone listening has the same question. Will, what do you think about the Sixers being down 2-0? To the Boston Celtics. And uh, it's an issue. 
it's an issue, but I still am very confident that we can win two in Philly and get this thing back tied up. That's, so when is as we record this? It's Friday, yeah, May fourth. Yep. So when is Game Three? Game Three is tomorrow, five p.m. Saturday, May fifth. Saturday, May fifth. Bless, Bless you, you, buddy. So yeah, Bless so you. it's tomorrow. Um, ben Simmons, he had one point last night. He's. Mm. <laughs> uh, I had zero. Uh, <laughs> so oh yeah, so he what? right. You had zero. I think I had zero. What's he doing? He had one more point than we did. Uh, so I feel like I feel like I could play in an NBA game right now and score a point. Right? I don't know, Brian. I <laughs> I take it easy on that. I don't I'll know po- that you would score a point. No, if I drive and somebody follows me. Yeah, but I you a free throw. If you drive, you'd have to be able to drive. Or you yeah, could, you could dribble, get past one of those guys. <laughs> I can't dribble, but that doesn't seem to matter in the NBA. Well, yeah, you could pick it up and run with it, but I, but I, I, I just wonder if they could still stay in front of you, though. I'm pretty quick. Are you? <laughs> Can we call Tara and ask her? <laughs> the other day, okay, so I used to be able to slam dunk a basketball, right? I believe that 100%. Back in the day. So we're in the yard. Um, we're taking the dog for a walk. I'm in the yard, and there's a branch hanging overhead of a tree that's died. The branches died. And so, you know, I was just going to kind of jump up and grab And it it was not really far out of my reach, you know? And so I, so I was just going to kind of jump up and grab it and and pull the branch down because I was sure that it would just come down. I, I maybe needed to jump six inches. Maybe to get this. <laughs> I could not quite pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> so you <laughs> Yeah, you might have a little trouble on an NBA court. I don't know about that one point there. I think everybody listening and I'll let y'all be the jury. I I'm I'm gonna say I don't think so. I don't know. I'm only good for one possession. There's there's no there will be no yeah, there's no multiple trips up and down the court for me. I give you I give you one point in, in a state high school championship game, I give you five points. Five oh, I don't know. You you think you do more than that? No, no, no. Oh. no. I think I, I think I might I might be able to score a point in a high school. I couldn't. No, there's no chance. Yeah. Well, you know that's all right. No, I could not. You could have slipped a credit card under my vertical jump when I was trying to <laughs> <laughs> when I was trying to reach this brand. Well, Ben Simmons had one point, so that that's um they're gonna have to make some adjustments. We'll see what happens. But listen, if they don't win another game. It's been a phenomenal season coming off of 10. Listen, listen to me giving the eulogy. Yeah. If they don't win another game, it's been a phenomenal season. 56 wins, I believe. Uh, you know, A couple years ago, we had 10 wins. So this has been a remarkable improvement. And we'll build on it next year because now, you know, when you play this well, you become a destination. And people actually – you don't have to overpay right. people to come to your city. Uh, you, you can pay a market value and sometimes underpay them when you're Golden State. Uh, you can get people to come and play for free, like David West. Uh, but we um, we'll be okay. This is this is part of the process. You got to go through the playoff heartbreak, and if this is where it ends, I'm I'm happy. Were I'm the happy. first two games in Boston or Philadelphia? They were in Boston. So okay. yeah, so, so they won at home. Yeah, so I mean, it's not over. Boston just won at home. Yeah. So if we do the same thing, but the point is, at some point, we're gonna have to win a game in Boston. They have home court advantage. So. If it ain't a game, uh, I guess it would be five. If we can tie it up in Philly, it would be game seven. And game seven in Boston, 
I, I, that's a tough one to yeah. see us being able to win. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, the tough thing, too, is if they won game five in Boston and they brought it home in Philadelphia, that means they would have won four games in a row. That's hard to believe tough, after what I've seen, too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see what it, happens. Can you imagine being an NBA player and going through an entire season and only winning 10 games? No. No, it, it was hard as hell as a fan. Right, the cameras weren't on me doing that. <laughs> so, uh, whew, yeah. yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that, that's rough. But you know, we we we. I, I'm trusting the process. We'll be fine. Yeah. This is this was a great improvement either way. Also, I wanted to mention. I thought about this over the week. I, I hate that Giants draft pick even more after we talked last week. Mm-hmm. Saquon, Saquon Barkley. I just when you're number two. In the draft, you if if you are the Giants, you need to get a quarterback to develop under Eli because that dude, the guy I've seen, he doesn't look like he got another good year in him. Eli, right. His time's up. But don't you feel like, though, if you're the Giants, that either, you know, you can pick up a project quarterback in the later rounds or a project quarterback as a free agent. Whereas if you take a, a quarterback number two overall in the draft, then that kid's expected to perform right now because you got to pay him that kind of money. Right, but the the only issue is that I don't think the Giants are a bottom-dwelling team. They're not like the Browns or the Jets, right? right? So they you got Odell Beckham and some other pieces. They're going to be good enough to where they can't get a high draft pick anytime soon. So the franchise quarterbacks are usually going in the top ten picks normally. So when are you when when <laughs> he took the windsock off? When are you going to be bad enough right. to draft a quarterback that high? By the same token, when was the last quarterback drafted that high to become a franchise? Oh, Carson Wentz. We took him a couple years ago, number two. All right, That's and Jared sense. Goff, who went number one. They're both pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I uh, but they got to figure out some kind of succession plan. Here's the other thing. If you think Eli's our guy, right? Maybe the Giants think we're going to get another three years out of Brady's playing until he's 50. We're going to get another three, four years out of Eli. Maybe that's what the Giants think. If you think that, then you trade and you don't think any of these quarterbacks are franchise quarterbacks or worth drafting that high. If you think that, trade the pick. I can see that. You can get an extra first rounder, extra second rounder. They'll give away a bounty, you know, and you don't think your quarterback is there, then get a bunch of picks. But don't take a quarterback. I don't take a running back that high. I just maybe he'll be great for them. Uh, but I've seen too many great running backs. Barry Sanders, he played for your team. Yeah. When you don't have the other pieces in place, it doesn't matter how good the running back right. is. Right. The 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 is it possible uh, that you are confusing a fantasy draft for the actual NFL draft? <laughs> <laughs> Like, don't take a running back. <laughs> you can't. You can't. No. Actually, if this were if this were fantasy football, you would definitely take Saquon Barkley. That dude's gonna. That, it's the the problem is, I think the Giants are playing fantasy football. <laughs> like that. That. But you listen, man. If I'm the Giants, I take the Chub kid. I get a nice defensive piece. The Giants have more holes than than you know. A bridge in the U.S. more holes, okay. So because the Giants have more holes than a little bit, a number of premium picks would be good for them. 
So you trade that pick and get yourself an extra first rounder, get yourself a couple extra second rounders, and start to really rebuild that team. But this whole, we're going to put a great running back around Eli Manning. Good luck with that. I, as an Eagles fan, I was happy to see them do well, That's that. what I was going to say. As, as an Eagles fan, you should be thrilled with that pick. Then. I was thrilled that they spent that on a running back. I would have been much more worried if they'd have spent it on a solid corner or they'd have spent it on a defensive end. But they let the kid Chubb get to Denver. So now they got Von Miller and this, you know, uh, uh, defensive, the best defensive end of the draft. It's like they're going to wreak havoc. That's what the Giants should have done, if you ask me. I think running backs are too easy to get. But we'll see. If Saquon's a stud and and he takes them to the playoffs or, you know, a bunch of stuff. I've, I think one year with Adrian Peterson – I can think of where he like took them right. to the playoffs. Yeah. But besides that, a running back, I just think cornerback defense just have more positional value than a running back yeah. or a great offensive tackle. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I know we dif- we disagree, but uh, we'll see. As an Eagles fan, you also have to be excited that the Cowboys have lost two serious offensive weapons over the last couple of weeks. Bro, have you seen the Cowboys' <laughs> offensive starters? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Their best receiver is Tavon Austin. <laughs> Are you kidding? Ask Jeff Fisher about that life. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was a time when Jeff Fisher's best receiver was Tavon Austin. <laughs> that was yeah. so – I don't know what the Cowboys are doing. Well, Witten just got offered a truckload of money. That's all. Well, yeah, he got to go to Monday Night Football. Yeah. And I think he looked and said, this team ain't winning a championship <laughs> yeah. no time soon. Yeah. So let me go ahead and ride off into the sunset now, yep. you know, while he can get on Monday Night Football. Yeah. So good for Jason Witten. He's a cowboy, so I never liked him. But I respect his career. He, yeah, I think he respect the game. Yeah. Well, dude, he played, uh, was it 15 years? 14, 15. 14, missed one game. Yeah. At, at one of the most taxing positions in football, tight end. And he was a blocking tight end back when tight ends still did that. Right, right. Like, Jason Witten's like a friggin' marvel. Yeah. You know, he's, he's like the Cal Ripken of NFL tight ends. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So, but he, but uh, where did it – what's his nuts, the receiver, Cowboys receiver? You said what? That they just let go, whose name escapes me now. Oh, Des Bryant. Des Bryant, yeah. Wh- where's he going to land? Or did he land somewhere? No, he didn't land somewhere yet. I'm I'm not sure where he's gonna go. That'll so be interesting too. That it, is it possible that nobody that they can't sign him yet? Like is the free agency period not? No, they could sign him. He just I think he wants a better deal than he's being offered right now. So nobody's picked him up. Nobody's picked him up. I think he's been offered. I, he's what he's been offered is uh, if you listen to reports, he's been offered multiple year deals, but they're not at a dollar amount that he likes. Right. So he'd rather have a sign me for one year. I'll have a great year, and then I'll go get a a good uh, long term contract. Yeah. Which I don't. If he does that, I don't see it. I did not see the player last year that is no, capable yeah. of something like that. But we'll see. Uh-huh. And he's kind of a head case, right? I mean, they like didn't the Cowboys assign someone to him? Did yeah, he had issues. Them? He had issues early on in his career. He got a lot better as he matured a lot. Uh, I haven't really heard of that kind of stuff from him. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he mentors some of the other young players, uh, so he hasn't been a problem uh, as much in that respect. But he just looks like a guy where the juice is gone. Like every once yeah. in a while, he'll make one of those typical Des Bryant plays, but they're few and far between. Man, it's like when players get older and they get shot, you see like flashes of right. the brilliance they used to yeah. display regularly. And that's what, I, what stage I think he's at. Yeah, I thought I thought he would have been picked up 
pretty quickly. And maybe it is the dollar amount, or maybe I mean, because I feel like he's getting shut out like he knelt during the national anthem. <laughs> right, you would think you know? he, <laughs> he may want to try to get it on that collusion case <laughs> and say I did not kneel. But, <laughs> dear Colin, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I, I only didn't because I couldn't. My knees are bad, and I couldn't. They knew I wanted to. Do yeah, it, I, so I I've been blackballed. Yeah, couldn't handle the pressure. Yeah. I mean, uh, and we got it. We'd be remiss if if we. What's up with Kanye? I thought you were gonna say Cosby. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, we know. About what's that. up with Kanye? I don't know. Um, Man, I don't know what's what's going on with him. Uh, this is the warning label on on investing yourself in stuff besides the artist's music, mm-hmm. whatever the artist right. creates. Like, you shouldn't be going to Kanye West for your political takes. And I'd say that whether he agreed with me or not. He yeah, shouldn't be your yeah. go-to. No, he already, The guy said, I don't read books. Yeah. I learn from experiences. That's fine. That's his right. Yeah. But you got to make a better decision in terms of who you listen to right. than the guy that stands up and said, I don't like books. Yeah. Like, and, and so he's got some crazy opinions. But one of the problems is because you could easily laugh that off and go, oh, he's just being weird. He's being stupid. Ignore him. But he's espousing some fairly dangerous ideas. You know, the idea that when he says slavery was a choice and it was 400 years and and just those contributions to the narrative that the the spot that a lot of black folks find themselves in is totally of their own doing right right, right. uh as opposed to you know systematic institutional racism stuff we talked about in this podcast Mm -hmm. that doesn't absolve someone from personal responsibility but we have to understand the system that's at work and the barriers to progress that are that are in place and if you don't acknowledge that and just say well it's just because people didn't want it bad enough that's a dangerous idea and and he uh he has too big a following for that to go unchallenged And, you know, so I'm glad people stepping up and saying things about it. And because, you know, there's people, especially white supremacists, that love latching on to notions like that. So (laughs) as my son smacks me in the head. uh, Yeah. So, you know, uh, Kanye, man, it was I don't even want to say it was shocking because that dude says stuff from another planet. Yeah. A good deal, but uh, disappointing. Very, very uh, disappointing. You could tell that Kanye sort of exists in his own bubble. To where he's got him and his people around him and that's it. Because yeah. the minute he started going out talking to people, like when he went on TMZ, I don't know if you saw. Yeah. And the dude working with TMZ, I forget his name, uh, confronted him about this. Van something confronted yeah, him yeah, about yeah. it and made some really salient points. And Kanye's just standing there because these ideas have never been tested. Right, he's got nothing. He's, he's just been nothing, saying yeah. things on Twitter and, going, and continuing to make music. So now that he gets out in the real world with real people that suffer from the real implications of the stuff he's talking about, he's like, oh, crap. Yeah. Real people have to deal with this. This was a thing. These fairy yeah. tales I tell. Yeah, it's like yeah, people are out here having to having to deal with maybe things you don't deal with anymore. Yeah, but yeah, I, that dude is. Um, well, this is going to be an interesting because he's got an album coming out. I'm interested to see how that's yeah. received. You know, I I don't know. Trump might be the only one to buy it. <laughs> you know, he's talking about starting a race summit or race talks with Kanye West. Uh. And I think he invited Colin Kaepernick. Trump did? Yeah. Wow. I would have stood a better chance of getting Colin Kaepernick to come to my son's first birthday right, right. <laughs> than Trump stands to get him to sit down with him and go on a race tour with him. I, uh, I can't even. And the, the, every day you think, well, that you know, yesterday was a pretty crazy news day. Maybe today. And it just 
it's just it, it, the stakes just get ratcheted higher and higher every, every single day, and the news gets weirder and weirder. And yeah, it's a crazy space we're all in right now. This is a crazy, crazy space. I, I, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I, sometimes you just you you're at a loss for words. Sometimes yeah. when you see you know what's going on, but. Yeah, I know. I, I I have I have faith that we're going to come out of it okay. Okay, but I do worry about the level of damage that's being caused right now. Not just by 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 the you know by the guy in the White House, but but just the 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 people that he's emboldened. Mm. You know, that's the thing that I think I worry because he'll be long gone, one way or another. Yeah, he's out the door in twelve months, one way or another. Mm-hmm. So what 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 you know? But the aftermath of that, you know, you wonder it. It could be decades before that stuff gets. Yeah, and, and real people living on the ground have to deal with all of that. Yeah, and that's the same thing, the same point that was being made to Kanye yep. is these ideas you espouse, you don't have to live really the you know the the ramifications of some of that stuff. Yeah. Now some stuff he still does. The police might shoot him too, mm-hmm. or the. You know, it, he could be discriminated against for a number, discriminated against for a number of reasons. But the everyday stuff that people deal with, he's just it's that's just not his his space anymore. Yeah. And I don't know. He used to sound so in tuned with what people were going through generally, and then he got money and he got out there with the Kardashian clan. And then this guy sounds like an alien. Yeah, I don't even I don't know who this is. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't know. I know, but I, I will be tuning in to him and Trump's uh, reconciliation <laughs> the, tour. The uh, regular Algonquin roundtable of oh, <laughs> this. Oh boy! <laughs> um, on a happier note, some some cool local comedy stuff going on around town. Uh, you probably heard about that in the break that we did just a little while ago. But uh, good shows coming up the Comedy Zone. I just wanted to lighten it up a little bit before we say goodbye. Well, they're all going to talk about yeah. Kanye and Trump. So yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. So if you want more of that, come on out to go. No, but it's it's uh, you know a lot of a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, the Queen City Comedy Festival coming up in the fall. That'll be fun. Yeah, I was at the last one. Yep. Good good time. And uh, it it maybe I may be putting the cart before the horse here, but we're making arrangements to have uh, Funny on the Fly be part of the Queen City Comedy Festival. So that'll how be about fun. that? Right. How yeah. about that? Yeah, so that'll be fun. Yes, that that just listen. Just because the the president is insane, <laughs> and some of the people that people used to like are insane. <laughs> that's right. We keep the beat going. We do what that's we right. do. You that's continue right. to do what you do, and keep trying to make this world a uh, a better place. <laughs> I've watched the Pat Oswalt uh, Netflix special. I don't know if you saw it yet. Um, Annihilation. Yeah, that's oh, amazing. Yeah, r- yeah, good, right? Yeah. And he said he said his wife said it's chaos. Be kind. Yep. Uh, so it is. It is a bit chaotic, uh, but but do your best to be kind. And like my son, he's um, this is his thing. He likes to moan around. Uh, what time is it? Twelve uh, thirteen. See, he's not gonna stop his twelve thirteen moan just because <laughs> Kanye and Trump are tripping. And that's a lesson to everyone. Continue to do what you do. Don't don't let these people stop your flow. All right. And I, I, I uh, so, so, uh, shouts out to Fortune Feemster. We didn't get her on, but we know she wanted to be here. So shouts out to her. Uh, shouts out to Sammy. Uh, she's probably in Egypt or Budapest. We don't, we don't know where she is, but, uh, shouts out to Sammy. Uh, and shouts out to the 76ers. I'm still trusting the process. Uh, the Detroit Lions, I think, took three more centers. 
Yep, they're well stocked at center. Yeah, so, so shouts Actually, out. Actually, to be fair, not a bad draft for the Lions. I'm not a bad draft for the Lions. Oh well, well, they, that's didn't they draft a guy from Fair State? No, but a guy from Fair State did get drafted. Who took in him? the seventh round? The Baltimore Ravens. Oh, the Ravens. He, yep, took a defensive back out of Fair State. One of the later picks in the draft, obviously, first player ever to get drafted out of Ferris. And there are plus, like the day after the draft, a couple, three guys signed free agent deals. Oh, good. There are now s- seven former. Fair State University Bulldogs on NFL rosters in the in the NFL as of this moment. Brian, I feel like I feel I feel like the door's open for you. I'm coming back. <laughs> coming well, back. everybody, my son is telling me the show's over. <laughs> so uh we'll see you next week. Bye. The Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. <laughs>